1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Listen to KJM on your smart speaker. Say, play ESPN Radio. You can download the podcast, popular and growing podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Key, J Key is into the music today. He's always in. We're always into the music on this show. Yeah, but but especially today. It's pronounced today. No, I'm always, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's,
3: it's, it's, it's early in the morning, and you you
4: feel good. It's the middle of the week for me, and, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. Yeah, ready to go, Maxi. It still feels like the beginning of the week to me. Hmm. Well, I said for me. See, there's the difference. Oh, are you, oh, oh
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be. Oh, the, that's gonna it. be. That's gonna be the big adjustment. <laughs> got it. That's gonna be the big adjustment after Labor Day, right? Like, oh, back to <laughs> five. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the adjustment,
3: Max. Everybody's mood, Just everybody's frequency
2: just went ah.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you got to yeah. get it while you can get it, man. Get it now. Get it, now. Get, get, it now. get it while you can, because they ain't gonna give it to you if you don't take it.
2: So that's right. And so
4: who was this up to bat for the? The at? Mets, he look like he's about 800 pounds.
2: He just hit a jack. Oh, Vogel that's back, that's who it is. So we, we were just talking about Kenny Pickett, and, and I was wondering which quarterback. Pickett is a guy drafted middle, late first round, and he goes to Mike Tomlin, who is, I think it's fair to say, certainly a top five coach, maybe a top three active NFL coach, along with Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. He checks all the boxes. He won a Super Bowl. He has never been below five hundred in his entire career, including. Yeah, I would Mason say top, he's Rudolph. a top five coach right now, active. Right. Yeah. Right. And or Bill Belichick, the goat, right? But hasn't won a playoff game in two years since Brady left. Which quarterback is in a better? Which mid-first-round pick quarterback who kind of fell into their laps is in a better situation? Mac Jones, who came from a Belichick coaching tree type guy and Saban. And then he gets front right into the Patriots lap or Kenny Pickett, who was right there. He didn't even have to change locker rooms. They like right there. Fell into Mike Tomlin's lap. Who's in a better situation, Key? Mac Jones or Kenny Pickett? I would say it's Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones
4: is in a better situation just because for whatever reason, Belichick I feel like Belichick puts an emphasis in the quarterback position a little more than Mike Tomlin in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And maybe that was because of Ben Roethlisberger in that luxury. Although, even though Bill Belichick had the luxury of Tom Brady for 20 years, he still was able to develop backup quarterbacks that went on to become starters for teams and trades and things of that nature. Whether it was, I could just name three off the top of my head, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Castle, and, and Jacoby Brissett. I can't point to any backup quarterbacks that had gone on from Pittsburgh behind Ben Roethlisberger to be starters and have their own team for a number of years. I could do that with Belichick, but I just think offensively, the philosophies is a little bit different. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to be what Pittsburgh is. They're going to do the same thing how, over how is it and different, over how is it where different? Belichick rotates from week to week on what he wants to do game plan-wise on the offensive side of the ball. Because Mike Tomlin is going to run first, play action pass, and play defense. You may go – you may look and see an adjustment period like you saw a year ago, two years ago with Cam Newton, or you may see an adjustment period like you saw a year ago when it started bad weather. They didn't even – do anything except run the ball against the Buffalo Bills. They didn't even think about throwing the ball. It's very they
2: tailored just, to whatever's it, in front of them.
4: Exactly. Yeah. It's very tailored to whatever's in front of them where we know going into a game what
2: Pittsburgh is going to do. I got one thing about Pittsburgh though that I think Mike Tomlin gets a little bit of a of a bad rap for Key is you can say that hey it's Pittsburgh. He's got the job at the press conference. He goes, run the ball, stop the run. You know, Steve Pittsburgh, the Steelers football. But I look at whatever Tomlin's had, sometimes he doesn't have an O line. Sometimes he has fast wide outs and he plays like, you know, five out type, you know, like a uh, uh matchup type football. Sometimes uh he doesn't have a secondary. Sometimes he doesn't have the running game because of the o, but somehow he squeezes wins out, right? Like the, the the team is Well, that's
4: why he's the top five coach, Max. Mm-hmm. That's why he's yeah. in the top five. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know, three guys, Belichick, Andy Reid. Sean McVay have all won Super Bowls recently. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin hadn't won one in, a, you know, a decade. So it's been a minute. He's always competitive and always in the mix despite what he hand he's dealt. That's why he's a top five quarterback. Is he sitting at three? Is he sitting at four? I mean, that's for people to debate. But he's a top five guy, and if you're in the top five out of 32, I think that's a pretty good percentage, right? Yeah.
3: It's hard for me to really determine like who has more upside because I've seen Mac Jones already. And I've heard people from that locker room say the way he commands the locker room. We talk a lot about why Baker Mayfield won the job with the Carolina Panthers because he came in and he owned the room. I hear people talk about um, him that way in Mac Jones. I, I I see the talent that Kenny Pickett has. I just don't know. Where that evolution is with him owning the locker room and leading men. I think that also factors into a key, right? Like what that development process
2: is and who helps you do like, I don't know. Sometimes some guys just have it. Mac Jones was a more successful college quarterback. He went fifteen. The people were rumored as he could go as high as three to San Francisco at the time. Pickett went twenty. The thought was maybe he doesn't go in the first round. Mac Jones was a, a little hotter prospect coming out.
3: I don't think Mac Jones is really gonna be taken
2: that high. I think it was just used as leverage, right? I don't know. He went, but he went 15. He was the fifth guy in a competitive draft class, and yeah, he still went middle like of the Shanahan first round.
3: Saying, "Oh, we could take Mac Jones and all that talk around
2: it." I mean, come on. Um, Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by CSX. Earn great pay and benefits at CSX. csx.com slash careers. So, here is um, Keyshawn Johnson. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, Jay. He is. Uh, one of the stars on Keyshawn J. Willimax, fantastic radio show on ESPN Radio, on the Jets head coach. Listen to this. I think the bigger problem more so than the talent, because
4: I think Joe Douglas has done a tremendous job assembling a young talent in trying to build. They got some talent. I think the coaching. I I just don't trust Robert Sala. I know a, a, a meter that people would Use as a a uh, BS meter, and I just see it in Robert Sala. It looks good. We want him to be successful. Our greatest defenses are, but I, he doesn't. He just doesn't strike me as a guy who like he's built for the head coaching position.
2: Jay
3: uh,
4: Key
2: doesn't think he's built for the head coaching position. I'll just ask why. Well,
3: Key I mean, he said the BS meter. That's that's interesting, right? Yeah. Is there something specific you can point to? Key is it?
4: Well, it's just a you know, look, I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think a lot of players will run through a wall for him. There's no question about it. But I don't see where he is built to be a head coach, and I could be totally wrong. Um, I look at in-game decisions and adjustments. I watch them assemble talent, but they look the same and sometimes even worse than the same. Mm.
2: They haven't gotten better. But there's some sense you're getting when you see him. When you say the BS meter, you mean guys in the locker room are gonna pick something up that you're picking up that tells them. Well, this it's not ain't it's not dude. it's not BS meter
4: as far as he is. Like his concern, like he's not putting that out there. But I think it's the the people uh who wants him to succeed in the media, things of that nature. They want to sell you on something. And if they're selling you hard enough, you start buying it. And I'm just not buying it that he is a coach that all of a sudden, because he came from the 49ers on the Super Bowl appearing team and they had pretty good defenses with pretty good players on it, that, that that is going to be the same. Overnight success. In, in the New York market for the New York Jets, I don't believe that they have the time and the luxury to sit around and wait two and three more years for this to develop into something. The, a lot of it factors into Zach Wilson not being healthy to really get a full picture of everything. But even without, without that, you see coaches and even young coaches make decisions and coaching decisions and get wins out of the, their teams even though they're lacking some performances. You see growth. You see those sort of things. Uh, You go and you look at Philadelphia. Nick Ceriani was taken to the woodshed a year ago by a lot of Philadelphia Eagle fans at the beginning of the season and going into the season, but he came out on the back end and you started to see, oh, okay, they're going to make these adjustments and they're going to do all the right things to get their team going in the right direction despite what we may think. Or you see other guys like a Sean McVay come in as a young head coach and hit the ground running. With the Rams, quite frankly, at the time, had some talent on the team, but Jeff Fisher was the coach; they couldn't get out of their own way. So I'm I'm trying to see where Robert Sala brings that. Where Where have you seen it at,
2: Matt? Have you seen anything? No, I can't. If you want me to answer honestly, where I see the Jets are getting ready to turn the whole, thing, I have not. Anthony Beck, New York Jets pre- and post-game host and head coach of the XFL franchise in St. Louis, is with us now. What's your reaction, Anthony, to Key on Robert Sala, not it for the Jets?
5: Good morning, first off, guys. Man, Key, you know, I got to disagree a little bit just because you talk about what they're trying to build and what they're doing. This is a completely revamped roster in really just two years' time. I think that you start at the top with Joe Douglas, getting the players that come in that completely don't understand the losing culture of this team, maybe the last decade, and turning that around. you got players now that have been – I believe the number was like over 40-plus playoff games, 10 Super Bowls, with the current guys that were brought in, free agents, and then, of course, some of these top-tier rookies. So, you know, for Robert Sala, yeah, there's no doubt. What has he done for me lately? Nothing. I mean, he hasn't done anything with the Jets yet because – there's a little bit more of a process, it will take some time. This is not an organization that was built in the past, and you know this, Key, that can turn it on in one year, a year and a half, two years' time. This is a place where right now they have a quarterback that's young, and I agree with you on that point. Zach Wilson is the key to this whole ship. If Zach doesn't pan out, then all these moves probably won't mean anything. All the turnaround, all the new talent, all the the young players that were brought in from the draft that are exciting and a lot of buzz on paper – this team is much better, but it will come down ultimately guys to the, to the quarterback, and, and that's really what I'm looking to see as this season goes on, and the injury doesn't help. I know it's a short amount of time, and, and they, they had a scare. It could have been longer, but, you know, Zach has to come in, and he needs every rep. He needs preseason reps. He needs all kinds of reps with these new players because he needs to make the biggest jump of any player in this organization.
4: When I assess head coaches in general, I don't just assess the talent around them. I assess the coaching staff. I assess how they go about doing things to get situations. I could take a. I watched about two minutes of a game, the game, preseason game last night. And I've been around some of the greatest minds in football as head coaches, personnel people. And when I'm watching the game last night before the half, on two straight consecutive plays, Denzel Mims is one-on-one on the bottom of the screen. My offensive coordinator doesn't have the mindset to realize it's the preseason. I need to see a Denzel Mims as a guy, but yet and still I don't target him in one-on-one matchup. To me, that, that that's a head coach that recognizes that it says, you know, we gotta we need to see what this kid is about because if we can't see what he's about, then we're gonna wind up prematurely cutting him. So for me, when I look at that, I'm like, that's a head coach to me that be that can take care of the entire flow of everything going on around them. And then I go back to last year, Anthony Beck joined us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning. Um, I look at last year, in the middle of the season, you bring in a quarterback coach and kick the offensive coordinator upstate. That, that, to me, is not preparation. And that falls back on the head coach. That's all I'm saying. Now, he may go on to be Don Shuler for all I know. I don't know that. But as of right now, what I'm seeing, I'm just not seeing enough.
5: Yeah, there's a process. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there there is excitement as far as the player. I know the players embrace and, and, and love what Robert Sal has bring to the, brought to the table so far. But you're right. Ultimately, he's going to be judged by the decisions in game he makes, by the wins and, and losses. Ultimately, that's how we're all judged as players and coaches and listen, you're right. Okay. Yeah. You know, Mims is a guy you want to see what he's got key. It's his third year, man. Like, you know, we, we've been waiting for him. He's a second round pick. Like how long does it take to figure out if he can do something? You know, he should have brought something to the table his first year. Yeah. He was battling some things, some injuries and stuff last year, but you're talking about a guy that, you know, we're waiting for him to turn the lights on, you know, the last preseason game, he had two drops in the game. How many chances do you get a guy? And, yeah, you put him in a circumstance and an opportunity to win, but now you're like, okay, well, let's go to this other guy and see what he can do too. So it's preseason. If it was the first game, second game of the year, and you're right, they got that matchup and they're not making those adjustments, of course you can hammer a coach for doing that. I think Mike LaFleur did a pretty damn good job in the back end of the season. Actually, going up into the box helped him. Uh, you know, call and plays on the back end of the year where they showed some sign of life in the second half of the season, whereas the first half just didn't really click. Zach didn't look good. So, again, you know, all those things and uh, that you're saying could end up being true. I'm willing to g- give him that opportunity mm-hmm. as we go into this season because now it's just a different roster. There's really no excuses now. Like you said, to make those kind of mistakes or those decisions, now your team's in a place where you feel like You have some talent. Now you got to go out there and show it.
3: Anthony, I may be wrong, but it feels like between Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and Zach Wilson that they're all kind of tied together to a degree. When you say you need to see a major leap from Zach Wilson, what do you think you need to see by the end of this year from him and how that relates to the team's record that would make you think that Joe Douglas would maintain his job going into the following season?
5: Yeah, honestly, you know, when I say leaps, it's it's more small, smaller things that I want to see. You know, how about layups? You know, the the the, the easy completions. You know, I, I I played around a lot of quarterbacks in my career. You know, 12, 12 different years that I've had. I multiple quarterbacks. You know, accuracy is the key, getting the ball into the playmakers' hands. They have playmakers around this kid now. They got three tight ends. It's been a minute now, and Key knows this since, since the since the Jets had some some tight ends that can actually give you something on the field. So, you know, you, you got options now for him to, to get the ball down, check it down if it's not there, not force. You know, everybody talks about these the special uh, kind of flair and the movement and the off-balance throws that he has the potential. to. I don't want to see a lot of that. I want to see him just go for the framework of the play. I thought he kind of overdid it. I think last year you heard – all you heard last year was uh, from Zach and, and from the coaches how all these questions he asked, these – these uh, advanced uh, questions that he wanted to know about the de- different defenses and the looks. Honestly, I, I don't like, don't even go there yet. You don't need to worry about all that yet. Like get the easy ones, not the easy ones down. You know, if the one's not there, don't worry about all the complexities of defense. Is it one there and they give it to you, give it to them. If it's not, Get the next guy, and if it's not there, check it down to the back. So sometimes we overcomplicate what the quarterback has to do. It's the hardest position in sports. There's no question about it. But when you're talking about coming in as a young player, you know, you're going to understand and learn the complexities of the defense of the NFL as your experiences grow. But early on, if you've got those pieces to just get it where it needs to be, do that. If he just does that, he can jack up his completion percentage a lot more. He can be more productive and, quite frankly, get more plays, move the chains. That's what this team needs, and then ultimately that can help him become a better player, and then we'll see. You know, the more snaps, the more plays, the better accuracy. Now you're talking about a guy that's putting your team in a position to maybe play play better football.
2: Anthony Beck, New York Jets pre- and post-game host and head, of, head coach of the XFL franchise in St. Louis, uh, Anthony, we you know the XFL franchise in St. Louis. What made you get into coaching, and what type of team do you think are you hoping to establish there?
5: Yeah, you know this started a long time for me. You know, uh, playing twelve seasons in the NFL. You know, when I went on the back end teams the last five years for coaches like Kim Wizenhunt, uh, Todd Haley, um, you know Scott Linehan, I was brought in to really galvanize a tight end room, help a locker room get better. Uh, help the leadership of those football teams and you know just bring guys along and that's something that always captured me. You know I had a lot of options when I came out of uh, and retired from the game, you know coaching was one of them uh, NFL, college side. I decided obviously to get in the media with ESPN call college football learned a ton more about the college game and and the players and really went about my business in a coaching manner, and my preparation week to week to really examine football and and really advance myself. And, you know, I was a part of the AAF uh, several years ago in 19 under Mike March. I learned a lot under him, took me under his wing. And, you know, he basically sat me down and said, you need to get out of the media and start coaching. You got a lot of knowledge to bring to the table. And, and quite frankly, the timing wasn't right for me, for my family, where my son and my, my daughter and where everybody was. But now's the time for me. You know, I've been dabbling in it a lot. I think I was the right fit for a lot of the vision that you know, Danny Garcia, Redbird, and Dwayne Johnson had for this league. And, you know, ultimately when they got the league in August of 2020, I basically said to myself, I, I need to be a head coach in that league. And I just went on a mission to get in front of the right people and sell, you know, what I thought is, you know, something that I want to do my way and something that I wanted to go about my way. So what I'm looking for at St. Louis is, you know, I got to get players. We're, we're locating now the talent. We've had showcases. We're trying to, you know, watch these, uh, you know, these preseason games, which, you know, last night probably was an important game for a lot of fans, guys. But that was my Super Bowl because a lot of those players are guys that I'm going to be bringing on my football team. So we're, we're scouring right now the talent. And, you know, we had the draft in November. So, uh, you know, putting a great staff together, number one, I owe that to the players. I think it's the purest form of coaching in the spring league where guys have chips on their shoulders. They're hungry for knowledge. When I was in the AAF in that spring league, I saw guys that were just begging and dying to get any information and learn as much as possible to reach the goal, the pinnacle uh, in the NFL. And and that struck a chord with me. So I'm excited about the opportunity, uh, and I can't wait to get started. We've already kind of got going here with evaluations and and coaching staffs, and and the season will come fast. And I'm looking forward. It's it's just a great great, uh, feeling for me to get this uh, chance, and I'm humbled to have it.
2: Thank you, Anthony Beck. Best of luck. Anthony Beck, ladies and gentlemen, here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. Finally, the Yankees get a big win. Finally, they beat the Mets. Have the Yankees, Have they, does this mean they've righted the
0: ship? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items
6: only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot
1: From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday mornings starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on
2: ESPN2. Ryan Cashman, guys continues to believe strongly he says in Aaron Boone Yankees manager Aaron Boone Cashman said this at the uh, presser yesterday about believing in this Yankees team that he put together and was cruising along until it hit a rough patch especially it was noticeable around the trade deadline where and and this has not really affected the team yet unless it's chemistry he traded Jordan Montgomery, a lefty, came up through the farm system, showed he can pitch in the Bronx, for Harrison Bader, a, a, a center fielder who's like a Gold Glove caliber guy, but maybe hits a well enough to stay in the lineup, or maybe not, and is hurt until September. Reminded me of the Ted Lilly trade, where he had a lefty who proved he could pitch in the Bronx, came up in the system at least late, you know, in his in his in his uh, minor league career. And, and, and you know, Cashman wanted to get a little better and traded him in a deal for Jeff Weaver, who obviously, as it turned out, could not pitch in the Bronx. Did, the, did he do the same thing with Jordan Montgomery? Did it mess with chemistry? Is this Aaron Boone's fault what happened to the Yankees? Is it just injuries? The team was racked with injuries after being injury-free for so long? Here's Cashman at the presser.
7: Group's got my belief. Uh, I believe strongly in them. I think they're, they're still capable of everything we... Uh, ever hoped and dreamed and um you know but we have to weather this storm first and foremost. Yesterday was a nice win. Um but we need to string together obviously a lot uh as we move forward here and uh and earn our playoff spot and uh and then take our shot.
2: It's oh, more than that man.
4: I think the best thing that they can do though is, is clinch the division and then hit the reset button from there because it's a second season. First season's over with October starts the second season. Uh, Try and get healthy. The bats need to come around. Aaron Judge obviously Mm -hmm. hit the homer yesterday. But in general, it's all about manufacturing runs. And the pitching has been okay. The pitching hasn't been atrocious. But they haven't manufactured any runs, whether it's long ball or short ball, Max. And you know if you're not manufacturing runs, you can't win games. No matter what the pitching is, because if the pitching is subpar, then you got to score enough runs. But if your pitching is tight and you're not getting any runs and the other team is, you know, 2-0, 3-0, 1-0, that makes it tough on the pitching.
3: Well, I was going to say, Max, too, it, it felt like with the Yankees it was a combination of, of two things. Number one, you're getting a ton of bats, right? And number two, like you were healthy, right? So both those things, And and by the way, it talks about how challenging it is to play with such a significant lead, right? With being up so many games, the challenge, it felt like there was, it was bound, it was inevitable that you would go through a little bit of a slump, but as Keith said, getting to that next postseason. It's been a horrific think, slump, though. Agreed. I agree with you. But it was, I mean, even what Cashman said the other day, is like you get bouquets when you come up when things are flying high and then you get slings and arrows when things are going well, when things aren't going that well. It's like how do you get through this rough patch and then reset, recalibrate, and get ready for the postseason?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, who are the guys who can put the ball in play? Guys like LeMay, who have been out. And you know, and, and sure, that absolutely makes a difference in a three true outcomes league where everyone's swinging for the defenses, strikeout walks, or home runs. It pays to have some guys who can put the ball in play. One of the reasons they traded for Ben who had a big game last night, was because he got back to being a line drive hitter. Mm-hmm. He puts the ball in play, and it mixes nicely with what the Yankees have. Plus, he's a lefty. He plays gold glove caliber defense in left field, the whole thing. How has Cashman been dealing
7: with the criticism? get the slings and arrows when when things aren't going well, and that's just the nature of the East. There is no in-between. You know, um, It's just either one or the other. And, and uh, you know, I know I'd rather have the good stuff coming, so it's our job. You, know, you hear it loud and clear. We know it. And we feel it, and it's our job to find a way to, to be flying high and, and make sure that the product out there is something that everybody's excited about, and uh, and so that's the challenge, and the challenge upon us is is deal with the adversity and get through this sooner than later. But you know, um, it's it's easier said than done.
2: You know, my criticism of Cashman is this: as a Yankees fan, the bottom line is he's been GM now for over 20 years, this whole century, 21st century. And the arch-rival Red Sox got four World Series to the Yankees One It means you're failing as the GM. I don't care how. If you're better than every GM in the world, but the Red Sox, except for the Red Sox GM, you're failed as a Yankees GM. Because it means there's someone better than you. The Dodgers probably have the best front office in baseball now. That's why they've been so overall who? the best team. The who Dodgers. got the best what? The Dodgers have the best. When they hired uh, Friedman say again, like uh, The Dodgers, Tampa, uh, yeah, have okay. the best front office in baseball, which is why, since they hired Friedman, if you have to pick a team to say that's the best team in baseball year in and year out, it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers are you want to say the Astros are right there but they cheated. It's the Dodgers. But
4: here's so, what I would say about Cashman though. He's not out
2: on the field getting hurt.
4: No, and he and we, he's and a good
2: GM, don't get me wrong. He's yeah. just not the best. As well, you're Yankees, not every every best. organization is
4: going to have the best. I don't, I don't
2: care but they none of them should have it except the Yankees. They no, need to have true. the best. If they don't have the best, get rid of the guy, get the best. You know, I mean, like, yeah, that's but, how I but, feel. But, about it.
4: But if I'm the best, I'm happy where I'm at. You can't just just because it's pinstripes doesn't mean I'm coming. I'll triple your salary. How's that? Like, I just it's, the point is
2: at some point is, you can't triple my salary because then they're going to double it. And I'm happy. The point is that 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 Cashman has done a good job. But for the Yankees, it's not good enough. And I don't want to hear excuses anymore Every year that goes by that they don't win this, the, the World Series. I almost said the Super Bowl. The World Series. Like, this, he put together a very nice team, but he made some real decisions at the deadline, and we will see if they pan out or not. The dude he traded for a gold glove caliber center fielder is a lefty named Jordan Montgomery. I'll say it again. I, I've been talking about him all year. He's good when he's healthy. He's just been injury prone. He's having a very good season. You know what he's been for St. Louis since the trade? 4-0 and with a .35 ERA. And with a shutout, a complete I game
4: think, shutout. You know, I think when you start talking about managers and personnel people and things like that about doing their jobs, you've got to build teams that you assemble should be able to beat the teams that's your nemesis. Yeah. That's how I judge them. Yes, me too. But but that's been what – I mean, they've, they've pretty much gone back and forward with the Sox.
2: But no, not this century. The, no, Sox got four. Got four. The Yankees got one World Series championship in this. So you going? Cashman's you... been the GM the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what I'm saying, Key? So for any yeah. other franchise, they're in first place. A I lot. mean, Houston, in the Houston a and lot. Tampa Bay is what came to mind for me. Not necessarily Boston. Oh, Boston's the whole shoot. The Yankees you have one job, other than win the World Series, be better. Than I, the I know, but they, but but
4: Houston and the Rays for a minute seem like they've been a thorn in their side. Yeah, they're um,
2: well, they're very good franchises, no doubt about it no doubt about it. Friedman left it. Friedman, who's the Dodgers GM now, left a a front office intact, like left a system intact in Tampa that still works. Like the dude you got in LA right now is so good, Key, that the fingerprints he left in Tampa are still paying dividends. Jerry, Jerry West like. Yeah, man. GM, Brian Cashman. All right, Cash, good, but not good enough. Baker Mayfield, gets the starting nod for the Panthers opener. Can he recapture the promise he once showed in Cleveland? Keyshawn J. the ESPN Radio.
8: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
6: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
1: Your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
2: See these 2022 NFL evaluations or valuations according to Forbes. By the way, let me just say this about Forbes. They always underestimate. Whenever you see Forbes say, "Oh, the Clippers are worth a billion, then they sell the next day for five billion. You know what I mean? They always. When I see the Forbes valuations, Key Jay, I always think it's higher than the number that they have estimated. <laughs> and they right, got, slightly though. It's not.
4: It's not something is three million and they evaluated at seven. Uh, I mean, they they go. What did they, they have gonna, the
2: Clippers at when when they when Sterling sold it when he was forced to sell it?
4: It was a million. It was a, a billion and a half.
2: And yeah. he, and what it sell for? Two point four or something? Yeah, but he went over
4: and above. He just wrote the check because he wanted the team. He didn't care. When you uber rich like that, I get what I want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not looking for the bottom line and returns. We'll get there. Yeah, but I got enough think-
3: money. He also saw the upside though because he's building the whole arena in England. Yeah, I got enough yeah, money. Right? So upside I, it, shopping mall. Whole- if
4: I spend two billion and a half billion, I make three hundred million over the next several years. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna be at home. Standing outside underneath the freeway with a tin can—that's the way they think.
2: But that's that the Dallas Cowboys. Like, if someone wants to own a team, and a lot of times it's a vanity play for these uber, as you say, rich billionaires, right? Where, you know, like, whoa, if he sells it, yeah. But if if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? Probably buy an NFL team if you're a big football fan, as many people are. And the Dallas Cowboys are the name brand. The valuation is eight billion for the Dallas Cowboys. See,
4: I don't know. Billion. I don't know if I had all the money. Well, I guess because I play football, I would do it. But if I was just a a uber rich dude, that like if I'm Jeff Bezos, I don't. I mean, I don't. Come on, man.
2: I'd I'd buy the Yankees if I was Jeff Bezos.
4: I don't have time. I could go to my friend's box and sit there. No, but I want to own the Yankees. Come on. I own the Yankees. I'm sitting with Max, who owns them. I don't have time to be worrying about Cashman, and
3: I I got so much other stuff to worry about. I will say it's it is a big ego play whenever you come into the sports world, though, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because well, first off, I mean, Jeff Bezos worth more money than God himself. But yeah, still right. feels yeah. like you're doing that for the cloud that I own. I could buy the whole league. Yeah. yeah. I mean buy the uh, NFL. So,
2: well, could you buy the whole league? Listen to this. Cowboys 8, Patriots 6.4. I would dispute that. I think now that that Brady's not there, I don't know if it's but it's they value at 6.4. That's according to Forbes. That's to 14.4. He goes Hold right on. To Brady. You see that? Rams, case? Rams yeah. 6.2. Right, la mean? because a lot of it's also a real estate play I believe that la real estate a... the Giants 6 billion
4: yeah I don't know mm-hmm. about that one because of Eli he's not there anymore the
2: Bears <laughs> 5.8 billion guys do the math we're at 14.4 20.6 20. 26.6 6, did I say 20 uh uh 32.4 just from the top five teams 32.4 billion yeah it's yeah Bezos could buy it
4: Eli must write the check we were just uh, talking about the oh, valuations in no, Forbes. What? I just was thinking. I was like, you said you don't know about the Patriots, 6400000000 billion. I'm like, eh.
2: Well, we're talking about the NFL valuations, Forbes, in 20, the 2022 NFL valuations. And I always think Forbes underestimates because whenever I see a team sold, it's almost always over what Forbes, you know – what their valuation of the team was, but the Cowboys are number one, eight billion, first franchise ever to be worth eight billion. The Patriots second at six point four. I don't know why the Patriots would be worth that much. That whole history is very attached to Tom Brady, who's not there anymore. And it's not like the real estate's worth what Los Angeles or New York real estate's worth. So I would dispute that the Patriots would be second. I would guess Cowboys won at eight billion. Now the Rams are third at 6.2 and the Giants at six or fourth because a lot of this is a real estate deal, right? Like a lot of the team's value is wrapped up yeah, in the real Patriots, estate they got.
4: But Patriots got a lot of real estate and Patriot Place and all the, the stuff that goes on there. Just like the So all these teams have real estate, major real estate play. Like the Dallas Cowboys, for instance, the star out in Frisco, Texas, mm-hmm. you've never seen anything like it in terms of facilities. Not just their practice facility, but everything, the hotel, the restaurants, the shopping, the indoor practice facility, stadium that the high schools use on Friday nights. All that factors in to the valuation of these numbers. And the the Rams are doing something very similar. All all of them kind of align themselves with doing the same things. They have an experience now, not just a stadium and a parking lot.
2: Yeah. By the way. If they were worth 200 million when Jerry Jones bought them, now they're worth eight billion. But the bottom line is, it was 200 million in dollars 25 years ago. So it, it, you know, it's not eight billion back then, but it's like over a billion now. I don't we care what the exact that. numbers say. 200 million back then got you in real estate easily. What a billion gets you now, probably even more than that. Sam Ocho, ESPN football analyst, with us now in the flesh at the seaport. What's up, Sam? What up? What up? What up, baby? Hey, what uh, uh, even if it's over a billion, it ain't
9: 8 billion. Right. So, you know what it's, I mean? It's like has gone up. Gone
2: up. Gone. Yeah, the, the NFL has grown and grown and grown. Yes. Um
4: man, he bought the team for about 200 million, but he didn't even write the check. That's wrote, the crazy thing. Who wrote he wrote the check. Leveraged a lot of it. You know, he had investors and all sorts of yeah. stuff. I think Jerry put something like in in real money out of his pocket. I feel like he only parlayed a, a parted ways with about 20 million and out of the 20 million a portion of it was borrowed
9: <laughs> he's one of the smartest i don't know if we're going here now, he's one of the smartest business dudes i've ever met even like talk about like and i you know nfl pa negotiate I, I was vice president for some years and mm-hmm. negotiated with him cba all that kind of stuff even little stuff like he would leverage his position within the nfl to almost like change rules that were in his favor as opposed to other teams, little stuff like like what? What's an like? Example? Like I think about like the preseason games, right? Like he would he, like you watch games. No one wants to watch the preseason. Why? Because there's no. Fa- I mean, b- you might say it's backers or ain't no fans. Understands nobody's in there. So he's, he's 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 his whole deal is like let me get stadiums like this. Let me fill up our stadium because when it looks fuller, when when like, people are like excited about something, there's like there's this hoopla, there's this uproar. TV it, ratings go up. T- TV bingo. money goes up. Bingo, money chits. But and we ain't got to pay the players for it even. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Seats and chairs, right? Like all. All that stuff and so and, and you know there's so much there but and people talk a lot of good or bad or whatever about jerry jones when it comes to business he's one of the most shrewd businessmen. He turned 20 million to 8 billion but and one of the best like we're still talking about how great the cowboys are whether 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 he like we believe that he cares about the cowboys they haven't won in 25 years but way, we he was, believe
3: he went for the charges before the
9: before the cowboys right right which is the crazy part right but we believe, like, we still believe the Cowboys, America's team, and Stack and Zeke and my O-line and whatever, even though they haven't won. And so, for me, I just, like, as far as running a team, as far as, like, you know, I'm the GM, I'm the president, all that stuff, I don't know about all that. But as far as running a business, I mean, a lot of people should take notes.
2: Yeah, mm. Cowboys He's done. He's
4: done a tremendous job at, at running that team. A Recently, good job. You
2: know, a good job, people, Key. I mean, a good job. Tremendous. Tremendous job, man. Y'all, I, mean, I understand they really
4: haven't won in 25 years. We're advancing all that, the playoffs, though, but, really. But know? from a standpoint of taking that team and that organization from where it was to where it is today and where the league was and where it is today and him being a very important part of all of that, I mean, the reason stadiums are bigger and bigger and more glamorous is because of Jerry's world. He created that. Then all of a sudden, everybody else want to pop up and build a bigger and ni- bigger and nicer stadium. Yeah, but that's influ- that's to Sam's point. It's like yes, no, no, I, running I it as a that. business, no doubt. No, no, I understand that. But in terms of football, yeah, good. They 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 have picked some. Really good players,
2: but Key, B plus, right? It's not an A; it's a B plus. As a GM, he's a plus. B, B, hey look, if somebody told me that I could be a B plus
3: yeah. owner of an NBA or NFL franchise for my entire career with a chance to get to become an A,
2: no, it, an it, A plus owner, a B plus GM, right? The problem with him as a GM is he's also the owner. Well, so let me ask you a question.
3: Yeah, like let's think about this. Really. Robert Kraft, right? Yeah, A plus for you, owner. You, how
2: could you say otherwise? He won all because he year. got Tom Brady, no doubt.
3: But that's because that was Bill Belichick that made that. It so much has to go right to be an 8-plus organization,
2: though. Here's the thing about Jerry Jones, Sam. When he came into the league, he quickly made them really good by – he was the dude who ushered in the salary cap. Yep. And on the same day he got that passed, signs Deion Sanders because he already had it in mind. I'm going to prorate the signing bonus. Right. And everyone's like, you can't do that. We have a salary cap. No, he figured it out and oh. won some Super Bowls. I mean, he's an A, man. So he got he's ahead an of a, Max. it. Max. But then once everyone caught on to the trick, still he hasn't a, won since then.
3: We're still talking about the Cowboys damage. Yeah, they, No, no, they, I mean as a GM. It's not that it's he
4: hasn't GM. won. It's just that the Cowboys have fallen into a situation – that they haven't been able to get out of, no. they have gotten there and just haven't been able to get key, out of it. They the didn't Pittsburgh fall into Steelers, it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh
9: Steelers, one of the Mike Tomlin, they ain't been back since. But key, they didn't fall into it. They put themselves into that situation. Jerry Jones doing all the interview. I mean, a lot of owners are in the background. They're not really saying too much. A lot of
2: owners. No, like, but they, a
4: lot of the owners, the, the a lot of the owners can't walk and chew gum at the same time. But key, he, he got rid of not. Jimmy Johnson because of his he ego. He knows. He knows football. Don't get it twisted. The man knows football, but
2: he did get rid of uh, Jimmy Johnson and well that was a that was more of a ego, uh,
9: friends and ego and yeah. and, and, and that's and, what yeah. gets in his way.
2: Bill Parcells
9: ain't there anymore. That's what gets in his way. That's why it's not an A. That's why it's a B plus. Yes. I believe, man, my O line with my O line, with Dak, and with Zeke and with, you know, that it's like, okay, what if, what if Jason Witten, let me not even go Jason Witten right now, but like people towards the end of their career, what if I need to make a change? No, nah, man, this is my guy. This is my and that works to a certain extent, but there comes a time where you have to but make a But all that but all owners, and, and we'll move
4: on from this, Sam, but all owners got their guys. Okay, think about the New, the New the York Giants. The New York Giants. What will the New York Giants have been if they got rid of Eli three
2: years earlier? It is amazing, Key, though. That I'll That's say this about Jerry do? Jones. You're, you're choosing to see the amazing part, which is what are the odds that an owner is going to be that good of a GM? Yes. That's amazing that he can do that. Right. On the other hand, as an owner in A+, as a GM, the owner gets in the GM's way, and, and, and so he kind of knocks his GM grade down a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about Baker. What do you think the ceiling is for him with the Panthers? I don't think they're a playoff team,
9: and I think that's because of the division that they're in, right? Like everyone talks about Tom Brady and Tom Brady and Tom Brady, and we should rightfully so. Few people, maybe a lot of them, few people talking about the Saints. Saints beat beat Tom Brady the last what four of the last five times they played him. Saints beat the Bucks seven of the last eight times they played them. So like the Saints could mess around and win that division, especially with the, the injuries at O line for Tampa. So you have the Saints, you have the Bucks, and even a better, a better Carolina Panthers team, I don't know if it makes the playoffs. And so all of a sudden, if you're not making the playoffs, what does that do for your, you know, the, the Panthers' kind of future?
3: Mm. In other news, I heard that your, uh, the line for your book signing was pretty extensive. <laughs> uh, would you like to share? I mean, how, how many books did you sell?
2: Whole way around Lake Compounds is hey. what the a, a little bit. Well, I didn't says. know.
9: Apparently ESPN does this amazing thing where they invite everybody from all over to this thing at Lake Compounds, which is in Bristol. And, I, I, you know, I wrote a book, right, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes, sammachobook.com. Um, it's also on Amazon. But long story short, I wanted to share it with people at ESPN. And so I, I ordered a bunch of books. And. I brought them, and initially I was going to do a certain amount, like the first 150 people. And then I heard there was like thousands of people at this event, mm. and I was like, "Let's just bring them all." Sam, and so I just kind of got signed like ten it seconds. To, What's it called again? It's called "Let the World See You: How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes." It talks about what it means to be seen, to be known, to be. Where loved. do they find it? We got find five it, seconds. Find it at samachoobook.com.
1: Much more KJM coming right up. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on
5: ESPN Radio you <laughs>